Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Elmakais, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 91 with my new and now pretty good friend, Kim Warnick from Calling All Crows. Now, Calling All Crows is an amazing organization. They have a Here for the Music campaign that works to end sexual violence in the music industry. They have partnered with 90 plus festivals, venues, musicians to help them with anti-harassment training, policies, and programs. And this is how they, you know, start ending violence, or rather start ending sexual violence in the music industry. So this is a very important part of kind of making this a more welcoming place for everybody in the industry, not just from the working perspective, but from the fan perspective. So when people go and attend a festival, they aren't on the receiving end of this as well. This was a really important conversation to have, and I initially talked to my friend Christina from Amplify Her Voice about this, and she suggested I take a course on Calling All Crows website, which I will also suggest you guys take. It takes, takes about 90 minutes, if that, and it's a really good practice into learning how to you know, identify what sexual violence looks like and then how to address it, because it's complicated, and going into it, I had no idea. So it was a good class. And I took it and then Kim, who's on the podcast, was one of the main teachers on it. And I was like, she is very good at this. And she's very good at podcasts too. She puts me to shame, man. She is, she is good at talking. So I really enjoyed this conversation with her and learned a lot. So today on the podcast, we'll go over, like it's kind of like a very surface level training, more about awareness and what it's about and then how to handle a few select situations. Because if you toured, I'm sure some of these things will pop up in your presence and hopefully you can be part of the solution rather than you know being silently part of the problem. With that being said, I'd like to thank all my patrons. Thank you so much for your weekly contributions that make this podcast possible. I appreciate it very dearly. And all of you who reached out to our guests from last week's company, 237 Global Inc., they have gotten your emails. They sent me some screenshots being like, they're, they're here, we got them. So I hope that you're hearing back and hopefully working with them and entering this industry because we need more people good people, and you are good people. All right, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I will see you next week. Hey, Kim, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining. And you know, we met like through Mutual, but okay, I'm going to get the title of your job wrong, but you work at Calling All Crows. Is that fair to say? <laughs> that is correct. What's your official title? My official title is the program director there. So I run our Here for the Music campaign, uh, which is okay. about ending sexual violence in the music industry. Yeah, and that's like the 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 theme of this podcast is like, our goal today is kind of just, I think step one is like awareness and what it looks like. And then step two is kind of on a very broad level, how to combat it or like approach it or like what's the thought process behind it. And then to everybody listening, if you want to go in deeper, I had the pleasure of taking... <laughs> Kim is actually like the instructor of the class. So we've hung out before, but it's just, it's just me. I've hung out with her. She's never hung out with me. Yeah, it's true. That is how it works. It's an online course that I recorded um, during the pandemic. So it's also just me in front of a green screen. Uh, <laughs> it's not even like in a venue, which was our, our dream was to actually do this on site. But instead you're just chilling with me in various friends' homes to give it a different feel. Well, I did not detect various friends' homes as a background. I was like, oh, this is a studio. This is, <gasps> this is official. No, it was, it was a great course and I appreciate you. Like 
it was a good prerequisite to writing this episode because I admit that like, while I was writing this episode, I felt very embarrassed about all the things that I thought were okay. And I like, I'm going to probably admit today. And it was so not, you guys like approach it so well. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So much of what we try to do is open the door for people to be in this conversation and not have it perfect, right? Like you're just, I don't get it perfect and it's literally my job. And so we want people to feel like it's okay to try and you're going to mess up sometimes, but trying is better than just opting out and, and sort of avoiding it altogether. Yeah. And I appreciate your guys like very, I don't know if liberal is the right word, but you're very mindful approach to this because a lot of these things are approached very rigidly and it's often discouraging. You guys have like a music industry approach to it where it's like, oh yeah, we're just going to make it work. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's so much of it is that that's the audience and that's who we are. You know, Calling on Crows was founded by a musician and a tour manager. I've gone on like, I don't know, 11 or 12 tours or something and like been at festivals a lot. Like it's really, that's who we are and that's what we do. And what we've found was some of the organizations who are doing this gender-based violence work are lovely. I, they're incredible, but they are not music industry folks. And they admit that. And they don't always know like how to talk about the work or how to like connect in the same way. And that's, uh, you know, we're able to combine that expertise that we have in sexual violence prevention and response with just really knowing our audience and knowing like we, that is who we are. And so we know how to, to talk to each other. Yeah. And on the receiving end, it was so much easier to kind of get over that barrier of entry of usually you have to like teach somebody what the industry is like. And then you shortly after that, you realize you just can't, it's just like not possible until you've been out there. So it really helps from like the learning perspective be like, Oh, she gets it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, in fact, just this weekend hopped off a tour bus. My, my parents picked me up. I felt like I was in like middle school or something. My parents <laughs> picked me up from the bus. Did they come um, on to check like, it out? Did they come check it out? No, or? I didn't. I didn't invite them on because COVID is like around and alive. And I'm like trying to, you know, both protect the tour and my parents. Um, yeah. and so I was like, Hey, like come pick me up from this venue. I'm in New Hampshire right now to visit family. So it was really, really sweet, but yeah, it's, um, I get it. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. It's, it, it's cool. And I, I like that your parents picked you up from a show. I'm like, as you were saying that I was trying to like go back when I've had my parents do it. I don't know about you, but like, as I get older, I don't get older. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm just a child still always. I think it, yep. it never changed. I also literally had a backpack. Like I really <laughs> felt like I was being picked up from a school bus. I was like, let's, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Mom, what's for, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Yeah, I know. They, um, no, they had a great time. They like had some drinks at the show. They enjoyed, I drove us home so that they could enjoy the show. So, uh, awesome. it was a little, a little reversal. I guess that's the part where I grew up. Who are you out with? If you don't mind me asking, uh, with dispatch, um, okay, and cool. then dispatch is co-headlining right now with OAR. So we did a training for their bands and crew, uh, on this. So we, we have our online training, but we do in-person trainings as well. Okay. Rad. I mean, OAR and Dispatch. And Dispatch is the, correct me if I'm wrong, a member of that band started this company. Correct. Yeah. So okay. Chad Stokes founded Calling All Crows and his partner, Sybil uh, Gallagher, was the other founder. Um, she used to be a tour manager. She's now an interior designer. Just dope. Normal crossover. Cross, just classic, a classic yeah. change. Yeah. So we we went and did a training for them um, this past week and, and had done a training for Courtney Barnett's team the week okay. before. So we've been, we've been out doing the trainings. Uh, it's nice to to have the online, but the, the in-person is so fun to have that discussion with folks. Uh, more like what we're going to do right now. Yes. And I hope that a tour I go on has this in person. That would be cool. I'd be like, 
I'm, I'll be in the, I'm like the guy who yells at stuff, yells at people to do stuff. So I'll, I'll try to make it happen. That'd be really fun. Okay, cool. Like where to start? I think, I mean, we could either start with the inspiration behind this or discussing like how touring is different than a normal job. I, like, I, maybe like the inspiration might be like, what's the thought process behind this? I know we covered it briefly, but maybe you could lay it out in a little more of an in-depth manner, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So we launched this campaign in 2017, but the organization's okay. been around since 2008, just you know, for folks listening. And what we were finding is that <laughs> there is sexual violence in the music industry. We were experiencing it. Some of our volunteers were experiencing it. We've seen it around. And what we tried to do, you know, this is my background. I've worked in sexual violence prevention response for about a decade and in various ways. And so we, we could recognize it and sort of understand that there are resources out there. Um, but we were talking to some of the local rape crisis centers or folks who do prevention education. And what we were hearing were two things. So one was they're slammed. Like, unfortunately, sexual violence is a pervasive societal problem. And these community resources, they're incredible. They're under-resourced and overworked. And they didn't have a ton of time to learn a brand new industry. It's not that they <laughs> wouldn't, but it's just the reality was like, they're busy. Yeah. And the industry's huge. So they could do like a one-off training, but to build up the capacity of these really over, like stretched thin community resources felt like we were taking away from that work that felt really important. Yeah. And then the other thing is what we were talking about at the top of this conversation is they don't know the industry. And so many things are so like, if you don't work in this industry, it's confusing. And like the yeah. power dynamics look different here than they look elsewhere. Some of the tactics of like what you can do to build safety, you have to know that like, oh, you can blacklist someone from your tour, <laughs> or, right? Like that's not yeah. a thing that you can do just like in the world, but it is a thing you can do at a concert. And so some of the tools available you like have to be able to educate. And, it, and so it was sort of hard to figure out how can you find people who can really understand this industry and really understand the, the knowledge and the, the resources we already have around sexual violence prevention and combine them. Um, and so we looked around and no one was doing that. And we realized, okay, we can do that, right? Like we, we yeah. actually know both of these things. Let's go. And we piloted this work actually on a dispatch tour uh, back in 2018. We did a training every single show day, um, among other. Uh, that was With like not local my whole crew job. or like With local like, crew. Okay, so. the venue. Yeah, so we would have venue staff come out and music fans come out together, which was so cool to say. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, part of this is building trust. So, like, let's learn these skills together and meet each other. And like, here's the head of security, and here's some fans who are coming to the show later tonight, and we're going to talk about sexual harassment together. It's quite humanizing. It's so humanizing and it was so powerful to have, I, I think on both sides for fans to see that the folks working at this venue like really do care, right? They showed up and they're knowledgeable and they like engaged, but for the venue to see like, oh, this matters. And these fans have a lot of stories of, of these things. Like this is happening frequently, whether we want to admit it or not. And I think that raised the bar for a lot of the folks who attended it to say like, we really need to take this seriously because this group of fans who are, who are in our venue right now have stories. So we can't pretend like it's not happening. And so that was really powerful. Um, so yeah, so that was sort of the genesis of it was we were experiencing it personally. We were seeing it a lot and, and then weren't really seeing resources addressing it. And I think that was wild to understand. Like we would ask venues for their anti-harassment policy and got 
literally none back. The what? They were like, they're what? <laughs> Is there, and someone was like, are we supposed to have one of those? Yeah. And I was like, nobody told us. <laughs> I don't, I, th- I think so. I don't know what like supposed to means, but we asked 35 venues and none of them had one. I mean, some people <laughs> told us to screw off, but most were like, what do you mean an anti harass Like, do you mean yeah. our staff sexual harassment policy? And I was like, no, like for your fans and for every, like for me, I don't work yeah. for you. What happens if I'm harassed? And yeah, so we, we really, I think it shed a lot of light on how much this industry isn't doing on this issue. This was in 2017, 18, but how much mm-hmm. we weren't tackling it at all. And as you're talking about it, I realized like maybe we should kind of, when we're, we're talking about sexual violence, that's, that's the right term, right? Sexual violence. I keep like, yeah. it's not sexual harassment, it's sexual violence. Um, and not only does it exist, you know, maybe some people are coming into this thinking like, oh, how does it exist on the road? But we're talking about everything that happens underneath the roof of a venue, right? Or on a tour bus. Yeah, kind of. totally. Yeah, it's both. So we, that's a great yeah reminder of like, we're talking sometimes it's patrons, but it's, it's, it's backstage. It's on the bus. It's, it's the whole event. And then, you know, the people who are working that event, how do they get there? So it's, it's the touring crew as well as everyone who's attending or working these events. Yeah. So, and part of why we do that is one, you know, everyone deserves safety, whether you're working or attending, but it's yes. also the culture change. It, like you have to tackle the whole thing. So if people feel like, you know, on my tour bus, I feel safe, but when I enter the venue, I don't, it doesn't yeah. really work. Um, so yeah. we, because we work everywhere, you yeah. really have to be able to, to tackle like the crew and the touring culture, but you really have to work with the venues because when you think about where our work days are spent, it's actually mostly in venues and festivals. That's true. So you're going in and you're teaching crew members, you're teaching venue staff, you're teaching fans. The first step on online is that you kind of talked about what does this look like? Like what is sexual violence? Because to me, initially, I thought sexual violence, like we all know that rape is sexual violence. We all know that violence that's you know, sexual, like when we think of that, we think of like beating somebody up or something a little more severe, but the spectrum is much larger than that. Like, what did you teach is like, this qualifies as sexual violence to those people. Yeah. So, and also say part of why we use sexual violence is like, so harassment is part of violence. Harassment okay. is a violent thing. Feel free to correct me whenever yeah, I no, misspeak because no, I'm nailing all it. learning. Okay, cool. <laughs> you're yeah, nailing yeah. it. Thank you. But we use that umbrella term because we want to draw the line and like that link for people between assault and harassment between like our words and our actions, because what we know is sort of people don't like start at rape. They usually dip their toe in at, you know, an unwanted comment and escalate up to the most violent of these things, but they're all connected and they're all sort of in the same, in the same world of violence. Yes. We talk about like unwanted comments, right? That's not necessarily reaching the level of harassment. It's not super persistent. It could be buying someone a drink who doesn't want it. That's not a super violent act. It's just unwanted maybe. But if, for example, that person says, no, thank you. And you're like, what? Just take the drink, you know? (laughs) It's free. (laughs) Yeah, it's free. Like, what are you doing? Right. Like that, that like escalation and you could feel the tone like that happens, right? That sort of like, oh, I didn't like rejection. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get mad at you. That's mm-hmm. when we're getting a little bit more violent. Right. And, and so I think sometimes like people will see the unwanted on there and be like, Hey, now, like I need to be able to still do these things, 
And we agree. It's okay to yeah. shoot your shot. Yeah. Uh, not at work. Like, let's not hit on everyone who's working. But if you're just out in the world, at a bar, not working, and you're yeah. not hitting on someone who's working, that's fine. But like, take no for an answer, right? Like, that's part of what we try. Like, please take no for an answer. I know that culturally we're like, no, don't like, just keep pushing past it. Like you can get yeah. to a yes. You can do it. You can succeed. Yeah. And we're like, no, that's garbage. It's terrible advice. Like in, in the, the world of like dating and flirting and doing whatever is like, take no for an answer. Otherwise it's harassment. You don't want to harass people. So don't. And so we, we put those on a spectrum to not say that this is a violent behavior, but it's the first warning sign. Like here's your chance to not go there. And then that persistence can be harassment, things like groping, um, like leering at someone. So sort of like, I mean, obviously you can. I don't know what that word means. Leering. Leering. It's, it's like, like staring, staring, like okay. staring aggressively uh, or like cornering someone. So it doesn't always involve physical touch, but sort of yeah. cornering someone, blocking off an exit. That's still quite physical, even if you're not touching <laughs> someone. So those are all, you know, things that fall under the umbrella of sexual violence. And we think all of them are worth <laughs> preventing, yeah. but responses are certainly going to be different from like an unwanted comment to rape, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're not going to respond to those the same way. It kind of reminds me of, I think a broken window theory where it's like, you know, you got to handle everything on a small level. So it doesn't encourage all these things on a big level. Cause mm-hmm. if it goes unchecked, you know, little aggressions go unchecked. Then they, like you said, progress. That's, that's, that's somebody dipping their toe in. And if you catch it there, they never turn into, you know, the criminal, I guess you would yeah, say to the totally. criminal level. And that's like, and part of why we do that too is because we don't just want to respond to sexual violence. We want to prevent it. And so you have to start at the unwanted level in order to prevent the most violent things. Mm-hmm. If you wait until it's an assault, it's too late. You're, you're just responding, which is still useful yeah. to be clear. I'm not it's saying not proactive, it's reactive, I guess. Yeah. It's reactive. Yeah. yeah. And so also important, also something we, like teach about is how to respond once it has gotten to that point. But really our goal is to say, let's not get there at all. Let's prevent it when people yeah. are dipping. I keep saying dipping their toe and I do this all the time. Dipping it's their such toe a weird in. dipping their toe into violence. Yeah. Just getting a taste. No, that's a weird a one for this. Yeah. That's that yeah, too. But, dipping the toe is good. You got it. But part of why we say that is because I, I think sometimes people underestimate the power of hold drawing the line sooner. Yeah. Right. So many people are afraid to like make a big deal out of something what they perceive to be small. And what we try to sort of teach people is that's actually the easiest place to intervene is when it's small. It's low risk. If you get it wrong, like laugh it off. Like there's, there's just, you're like, oops, like, sorry, you're right. I, you know, I read it wrong. You can't really, you can't whoops your way out of it when someone's being assaulted. Like you, you have to get it right then. And so the risk is way lower for yourself and for the situation to intervene sooner. And as, as you're talking about, like there, there's like so many gray areas in the music industry. And I think that's why it takes somebody who's been in it. It's so hard to navigate. And like, I admit when I entered it, like, okay, after taking the class, I understand how many things that maybe I didn't used to do, but maybe I did by not objecting to it. Or maybe I did myself like on a smaller level are things that like were just gray area and I just didn't even understand were like so wrong. And I also thought we're maybe right because it's the music industry, you know, like that, I feel mm-hmm. like that's like this use. Well, it's the music industry. So when you were out there, like, I guess, educating or teaching people specifically in the touring world or venue world, were you met with like 
that's not okay. Like were you met with like people not realizing that these things aren't okay? Or like, what was the response? Yeah, we get a mix. I mean, I will say that the people who are inviting us to do these things, like there's a bias, right. For like already sort of agreeing with us. I mean, and I'll also say we're not really out here trying to like change a ton of people's minds. We're trying to scale people up and build awareness, which is, is great. I mean, we're happy to change people's minds, but there's so many people who don't want to hurt people. Yeah that like just needs some skills. And so that's who we're trying to talk to. Okay. That's a really good way to yeah, put it in perspective. Right, like that makes it, sense. Yeah. Cause I think the overwhelming majority of people are like, Oh crap, I don't want to hurt people. Like, are you telling me <laughs> that's bad? And if you can, if you can introduce it in a way where they don't feel attacked, yes. there's like some so space <laughs> to yeah. like to adjust. And so, so some of the responses we get are like, Oh, dang, I didn't know. But I think a lot of what we hear is actually, oh, I I think I've been afraid, right? Like I didn't want to, I don't want to have to always be like that guy who's like ruining the fun or constantly saying something. Or like if I spoke up every time one of these things happened, like I do nothing else. Right. It's like, <laughs> I, that's going to be a full time. And that, yeah. And that's, I'm like, I'm like, wow, don't you think you should then? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that reframe to be like, if you think this is going to be a full-time job, like, don't you think you're working in a pretty like violent environment that maybe you want to work on? So I think helping people to like flip it, to be like, oh, what? Like, is that really that bad? Or, oh, I would be doing this forever is to, to really help to find that courage to say, yeah, like it, it is it maybe isn't that bad, but imagine being the person who's dealing with that every single day, right? Yeah. Like if you're not the target of it, like, uh, you know, I've been the only woman on a tour bus before and, you know, people are nice, but it doesn't mean I'm not dealing with crap every single day that eventually I'm just like, please don't talk to me anymore. Like I need a break yeah. today um, because I can't, I can't like constantly listen to like, this, you know, what do we call it? Like locker room, t- right? Like just this stuff that I'm like, it's exhausting. Um, like, please do better, you know? And I think so other people observe that, but they, they don't want to be exhausted by it either. And so they opt out. They just ignore. Yeah. We just yeah. ignore it. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is to say, actually, if everyone on the bus occasionally just said like, Hey, Hey, not, not cool. Please don't do that. One, it would like correct it faster. Cause it wouldn't just be like, Oh, it's just Kim right? Like where it's just the sexual harassment lady, of course, she's gonna um, (laughs) say something, but it's like, Oh, actually no one likes this. And people are going to start to self-correct a little bit more. Yeah. I guess for me, like I want to hear some examples too, but but first I wanted to say like, for me, I'm trying to figure out internally, like when I enter honestly, any environment in the world, at what point do I just acknowledge that this is that environment and I remove myself from it, Mm -hmm. or this is my environment and I need to affect it. When do you yourself just acknowledge that this might not be for you? Or when do you kind of be like, all right, I need to affect this environment. Is, is there a difference or is it all the former? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. And I think some of this is like learning to listen to your gut a little bit. And we actually like part of the training that we have is sort of like gut check. And then here are some things you can check against it. Like pay attention to the context, pay attention to these things, but like also pay attention to your gut It's giving you some information. And I think this is a great place to apply that is, you know, like check in and be like, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. Right. Like that's your first sign. And you're like, okay, well, you know, where am I? Right. Like, am I in a venue that I've never been to? It's my first day of tour. And like the whole crew is behaving this way. Like, and I'm an an assistant or something like, and like, 
yeah, you might just want to tap out, right? Like, or just figure out how to make, keep yourself safe. And then there's going to be other ones where you sort of, you feel that same feeling and you look around and you're like, oh, it's, it's two people out of 50. And that like might feel big and rampant. And maybe there are two people who are specifically on your bus. So in on the bus, it might feel really big, but in the scheme of the whole group, it's pretty small. That might be a place where you don't have to opt out. That, that's actually not the dominant culture. It might just be the loudest culture. Even if on that, you're like the ATM or the production coordinator or like a merch seller or you know some, something that's not necessarily a high power job, you can find allies, right? Like you don't have to tackle it alone if you're worried about it. Like, and I think that's part of what we try to teach is there's multiple strategies that you can deploy, but also like you're usually in the the dominant group who doesn't want an unsafe tour and doesn't want an unsafe environment, but that's just tends to be a quieter group. And if you can remember that, that, and that's part of the check is like, so for example, I was at a festival that we were invited to. I'm ready for the examples. Like I really enjoy them. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Let's do it. Um, This is why I don't sign NDAs. Um, (laughs) I like key examples. I'm not going to throw anyone. I need them for the podcast guys. I need need them for for podcasts. I need names. I need dates. I need venues. You're all getting called out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because it's not useful, but I I just like to not worry about liability. So, um, (laughs) oh, I know. But for, we were working for a festival and again, like we were invited by this festival. They know what we do. Um, It was not a surprise. And we went there and we like had a team on the ground. We were doing trainings for their staff, like for all of their core staff. And then like there some of their security leads um, and some of their production leads. And at some point, like we heard that one of the like C-suite people, right? Like a president or vice president or someone was harassing a low level employee. And then like someone's daughter, which felt crazy to me. Oh, now you cross the line. Also, I was like, found I was like so many people will always be like, well, I have a daughter. And I was like, this case, it didn't matter. Turns out yeah. this person was like, I also have a daughter and I don't care. Um, like she's the literal target of this and like, oh, well. And so those things were reported to us, not by the people who were being targeted, but by bystanders. Mm-hmm. And so we went to this like executive team and we're like, hey, like you invited us. You have to model it. And they basically were like, this is fine. That was a moment of we're leaving, right? Like when the head of the thing thinks that that kind of behavior, that harmful behavior is acceptable, what are you going to do? Right. Like, and, and I don't say like, just feel defeated. It's so, it's so sad and it's so awful, but those are moments where like, sometimes you're, you have an uphill battle that from your position, you're not going to be the person to change it. And sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is leave, right? Like it was. I knew that we weren't going to do anything there, but me saying like, I'm pulling my entire team right now, Mm -hmm. this is unacceptable was the most powerful way we could affect change and importantly, keep ourselves safe. Because if that's happening there, I can't have my staff working there. Like that's not safe. Um, so, so that's like a leave, I think a lot of situations. So, you know, I was on a tour and, and this was hard, right? It was my first day with this, uh, th- with this crew it was like, mm-hmm. I was literally, it was literally my first night on the bus. And like, I had slept maybe really like three quick. hours. What were you, I know you have a lot of different hats. What were you doing oh, on yeah. this tour? Were you calling oh, all crows yeah. or, okay. Yes. Good question. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was calling all crows. This, I was like doing sexual harassment work. 
Okay. Uh, my role was mostly around response work okay. for, so we were running a helpline for patrons, but we like did a training for the band and crew. And, um, but this crew like had sort of swapped in. So it was a mostly new crew. Um, so I got on the bus. It's my first night. I hadn't met everyone yet. Cause I came in, I don't have to do rehearsals, right? Like I, they don't need me for that. So like they had been working Show together, but Show yeah, I was right. like, you're nailing it. I don't know. Yeah. There's no, there's no one here. I don't have to run a helpline for the the zero fans at rehearsal. And so I came in a little bit later and I got on the bus and I was exhausted because I had slept like three hours. Also side note, just like respect bunk alley. Okay. No yelling in bunk alley. Some of us have different no sleep schedules. Yeah, no, no just, just, like, just like close the doors and don't yeah. yell. Um, but <laughs> they like this crew comes on. It's like after the, whatever, they're just like amped up and probably did not, I'm confident, did not realize I was already on the bus, like trying to sleep and yeah. just like yelled something that was like, it was like jokey, but for sure homophobic. I'm not yeah. going to like say exactly what it was, but it sucked, you know? Yeah. And, and that was a moment where I was like, oh, like, I don't know any of these people. It's my first day on the bus. I'm half I'm asleep. in my bunk. Yeah. I'm, in, yeah, I'm in my bunk. And like, this is a, one of those things that it feels escalated. And this is why we do like, right. Like check your environment. Don't just check your gut. It had literally been yelled in my face because of how bunks work. So yeah. like they didn't know like they were the yelling in my bunk, face. Like right I was on the top it. bunk yeah. and you know, my curtains closed and someone yells this thing. And so I feel like someone just yelled a homophobic thing at my face, which yeah. like is, is awful. But I'm able to also say like, they had no idea that they were yelling that at my face. It wasn't at me, you know? And like to, to gut check that. And what I decided was like, that's an environment to like, to dig in. Right. Where I was like, one, this was not like the, the principal artist. This was like, I actually have no idea who it was. Someone on crew, (laughs) you know, I had no idea who these people were yet, but it was like this, this crew like invited me out to do this specific job. They're definitely going to have my back. I wrote a code of conduct for them that I can point to and say like, that's not okay don't, here. Don't like, do the thing. Don't yeah. do the thing. Um, so that's right. Like you can, the, both of those things felt bad. They were really different in terms of, is there a possibility from where I'm sitting to make change? And in that one, a hundred percent, it was yeah. totally addressable when it's like a CEO. I, I, you just, just walk away. That's great. I mean, well, that's not great, but the way you addressed it was great. I hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying. And I'm trying to think like, I've talked to other people who aren't in the industry and like these things happen and they're like, what? So you're going to like, like you don't sue these people. You don't like, 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 what are the repercussions on tour? Well, really nothing other than the social kind of agreement that everybody's on. It's just like, that's the really only the way to attack this on the road because the whole road is kind of like made up. It's like a yeah. traveling business that isn't really a business, but it is. And sometimes there's HR and most of the time it's a bunch of friends. And so like, there's so much that's so relative. I have no idea where I'm going to with this other than, man, it's confusing to know how to address these things on every tour. It's super hard. I think the other thing that we hear a lot is people get so afraid that the first thing is being fired or like being canceled. I put can- like the, the thing opposite. that cracks me up about canceled is like, the majority of people who say that to me are people who are on crew and yeah. like no shade at crew, but like, you're not being canceled. You're not famous. Like yeah. you're just there's nothing fired. to cancel. <laughs> I like the way people use cancel. I was like, no, you're just being fired. Like, yeah. and first of all, that's actually not the first thing for a lot of these things. Like if you assault someone like, yeah, you're probably yeah, going to get fired. But for a lot of stuff, you're going to have a conversation. You might feel uncomfortable during that, but you're going to get feedback on your behavior and then you're going to hopefully improve on it. Just like if you're, I don't know, like 
doing the lights and you, they aren't very good. That doesn't mean on the first go you're getting fired, right? Like you're like, come on, right? Like it's, you're probably going to be like, Hey, this isn't working great. Like, can we try this? And you're going to take the feedback and you're going to do better. And if you take, if you just dismiss the feedback or like are combative, like, yeah, you might get fired, but it's not just because the lights were bad. It's because you were a dick about it. And like the same, yeah, you didn't handle it well. And the same is true of, these kinds of like sort of unwanted or harassing behaviors for a lot of places, the first step is feedback. If you can take the feedback and adjust, that's actually going to be a good mark for you. It's going to be like, oh, look, this person can adjust to feedback. And especially on hard feedback, then that's going to make someone way more comfortable to come back to you and say, hey, this light show is like off rhythm. Could we work on that? Um, and and they're gonna. It's gonna just build confidence that you're a professional who who like when they don't get it right the first time can adjust. And that is such a good aspect about the music industry. I I believe like when you do see these people that are successful on the road and successful in touring and that are around for a long period of time, you can often come to them with anything and be constructive and approach it in the in the right way and very importantly at the right time and from the right person almost everybody responds in a way they're like, got it. I'm going to improve that because like something that I think most people on the road that are staying on the road have in common is everybody wants to learn and get better for the most part. And Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody who maybe doesn't respond to the things that we're talking about today. Well, probably isn't that great of a worker. Like hopefully, hopefully, you know, they're not good in any area. (laughs) Just get them out of here. No, I think that's real. I mean, I think this is the, and like, that's what we try to remind people of like, it's feedback. You should be able to receive feedback and adjust. And if you can't do that, like if your ego is either so big or so fragile that you can't like hear that you're not, not nailing it and improve and like get mad or like think that like you're some like victim of feedback, then you're not doing a good job. Um, because part of any job, but especially being on tour is being able to like communicate with people and to work on a team and work on a team effectively. And if you are hurting people with your words or your actions, you're not a good team player. And if you can't take that feedback and adjust, then you're not succeeding at the whole job. And I think that framing can sometimes help people to be like, oh, right, this isn't comments on my, you know, sort of how I move through the world outside of work. You are in a workplace. And and that is a hard part about touring. You don't get a whole lot of space to turn it off, mm-hmm. but that's also part of what we sign up for. And I think the other thing that I find nice about this is these are things you don't want to do outside of a workplace either. Like you're hurting people. So if you're having to like learn to practice to not hurt people all the time, because like work is all the time, it's actually not the worst skill to build yeah. is to like not and, and, and I really like framing it that way because people are like, oh, well, it's like the PC police or like, it's just words or like, let me just have some fun. And I think it's important to reflect that like, if your idea of fun is like, you know, making like sexual comments about someone who's really uncomfortable or making jokes that are at the expense of like being gay, like your idea of fun's pretty shitty. And I'm assuming I can curse on this podcast because you got it right in the title. <laughs> yeah, you, you said part of the title. You're good. Yeah. So I'm good. Um, was like, yeah, that reframe. I'm just like, it's okay to mess up. But like, 
you're also hurting people if yeah. you're getting this feedback and like we're assuming you don't want to do that yeah no that makes sense and as you were saying that i was like as we talk about all these things i just search for examples either within myself or things i've experienced and i'm excited well i'm looking forward to maybe not excited i'm looking forward to going over some examples that i've experienced on tour and you've experienced on tour but i wanted to say really fast before we do that as you were saying this i remembered a time where like and I'm being careful to not like just tell stories where I'm like the hero of my own story or something. <laughs> so let me start this off by saying I'm embarrassed at the fact that I said this, but I'm happy with my friend who corrected me. Basically, I was on a tour where people would use like not derogatory, but words that you probably wouldn't say around your mom, if that makes sense, to describe women or something like that. And they wouldn't use it like in a combative way. They'd use it in a private, like you said, locker room talk way. Yeah. But it became the norm. And Something I don't like about something becoming the norm in private is then it comes to norm in public and then it's like really bad. Anyway, I had my only life was touring. I just toured with a bunch of dudes. And after I was living in San Diego, I became friends with a, I play this card game called Magic the Gathering. So I became friends with a bunch of really mindful, intelligent, thoughtful people. And I was on a trip with them. And sorry, this is kind of a long story. Thanks for coming on my podcast and listening to me. But I, I, I just got to tell you this because it was like a moment where it really like caught me. But I was I was out to ramen with them. And I said one of the things that I would say on tour about our mm -hmm. server or waitress, a female in private. And it was not nice. It was not good. But on touring, people had been like, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and my friends at Magic, one of them just looked at me and immediately looked at me. He's like, you don't know. Like, you can't say that. That's not cool. Like, I really don't like it. And he looked me in the eye. And this was like a guy I really respected. I've had, I talked about him on the podcast before. His name's Yossi. And I was like, I like felt deeply. I was like, I fucked up. And ever since that moment, I've, this just like 100% changed me. And I was like, all right. So it's really all it takes is one person that you respect yeah. or care of just saying the thing. And I felt so silly that I thought that was okay to even begin with. Anyway, yeah. that's my story no. where you like kind of clicked for me. It's like, oh, Yeah, thank I you for sharing that. Because I think it's also like, I think it's it's so great to hear examples of when we mess up because it all of us do. But I think the other piece is it's so encouraging to hear those like little moments of bravery, right? Like of your friend to say like, yeah. no, I didn't like that. You don't need much more language than that one. Like it's yeah. okay to, for that to be the whole intervention. It's just like, mm-mm. Yeah. Like, mm -mm. He crushed it. It's because he looked uh, into right? my soul. He like <laughs> looked into my eyes and said it. I was like, oh, like yeah. this is my mentor. I fucked up really badly. Yeah, right. And that ability, like I think those those modeling and those examples of what it looks like to, to say something, to speak up and to do something. I think it's really powerful to, to see different examples because sometimes we like gear ourselves up for a battle, right? We're yeah. like, Oh, for me to say something, we're going to like, it's going to be a fight. And I have to have all the right words. And like, I'm going to have to do this whole thing. And you're like, oftentimes, like sometimes like a word is enough to be like, yo, yeah, we don't do that. I'm like what? We don't, what are you doing? You might sometimes need more than that, but if it's someone you have rapport with and like a relationship with, that's actually often enough. And it yeah. doesn't need to be a thing you like gear yourself up for. And that's good to hold on to because I still sometimes will get nervous when someone says something. And like, you know, like even that example I just gave of like someone yelling something in the bus, to be mm -hmm. clear, I said nothing at the moment. In yeah. that moment, I was Process. sitting in my bunk being like, oh my God, am I going to have to leave this tour? What just happens? It's like, that was really shouty in my face. Like, I was yeah. also asleep to be, I like yeah. literally woke up to that. But I was like, I can't deal with this right now. But then I dealt with it in the morning and it was not a big deal. And yeah. I think that like, it's okay that sometimes we get scared to say something 
but like, let's try to find that courage. Cause it's often not that big of a deal to be, especially if you know the person, just be like, Hey, you're my friend. I didn't like that. That wasn't great. Don't do that. And that you can just move on. You're so well articulated <laughs> as you speak. I'm like, damn, I hope she just talks the other 20 minutes so I can like, look good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Let's move forward because I want to talk about some examples. I think you and I have both traveled in the music industry enough to have some examples we can address and keep in mind, we always do these anonymously. And that's just kind of the, like, that is, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but knowing who these people are and who they work for is irrelevant to the story. They have the exact same impact. Our goal is not to call people out or make people look (laughs) bad. It's to learn from these things. So that's why we talk this way. And you'll know when you enter the industry, almost all conversations are done this way with the exception of things people are celebrating. They're just anonymous. So I don't know if you want to start me off, but I figure we could each share an experience. And then I really liked how on the course, like the first step was kind of identifying the step Mm -hmm. or identifying the situation. And keep in mind, we're not going to go in full in depth, the course, take it, but like figuring out the situation and the practice of thinking about all the possibilities was so helpful. And then we'll go from there. You want to start? You want me to start? Do you have one top of mind? I have, I, I wrote some down. Okay. Yeah. Go with yours. Cause I, I have a couple in my head. I, I don't know which one I want to go with. So let's go. Okay. With first. You can, you can vibe off mine. So my first one, and I actually felt guilty as I, not guilty, but a little bit weird as I wrote this because mine was actually, I think against the norm, just based on the variety of people on tour, but mine mm-hmm. actually was a woman to men, which I haven't seen very often. Just well, there, there aren't that many women on tour. There's, there's not mm-hmm. that many occurrences of this, but there was a woman on a tour who was going around in the morning during crew, setting up stage, everything. And she was giving uh, like back rubs to all the crew members working. Mm-hmm. And that felt to me like a very gray area because a lot of the, some of the men receiving the back rub, I, I guess we're okay with it. Some of them were not because I talked to them about it and they were just yeah. like, kind of weird. Didn't want to hurt her feelings. Let her yeah. do the thing. But like, I'm setting up a stage. You need to have a helmet on. Like there's a lot going on here. And afterwards, I didn't even think of it till recently. I always just thought of it as like an annoying, you didn't read the room very well kind of thing. Now that I think of it, I'm like, kind of falls under the category of sexual harassment in my, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that seemed like, that seemed wrong. And Textbook textbook sexual harassment, yes. Okay, cool. I feel crazy though. Even after taking the course, even after talking to you, I'm like, but that is, I I don't know. Is that okay? I don't don't know. Yeah, I mean, so one is like, one thing of that that you brought up is the gender bias that exists in this is hard, right? Yeah. Like so many of us, when we think about sexual harassment, we picture like an older dude and a younger woman, mm-hmm. like overwhelmingly, that's what we picture. And that is a way that it shows up. It's definitely not the only way that it yeah. shows up. And to bring in some stats from outside of the industry, because we, we don't have like amazing stats in it for sexual assault, one in two trans people, one in four women, and one in six men will experience sexual abuse in their lifetime. So it's not too far from gender. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty like, it's just basically, it's like a man is more likely to be a victim of abuse than a perpetrator. But is it a lot of like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here. It's a lot of men on men as well too, though, right? It's not just yep. women on men. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Basically like anyone can sort of, um, yeah. anyone can harass anyone. But I think yeah. we have this picture of it as like very specifically like man harassing woman. And yeah, it's just not the only way. So thank you for this example, because I think that's important to to remind people. And especially I think so many times when when men are touring, they're like, can this happen to me? Like, or is, <laughs> yeah, or am I just, yeah. or is this just annoying? Um, but it feels bad. So what is this? Um, 
but yeah, so when we think about that situation, right? So we have one person like sort of going around, you know, giving shoulder rubs, but like touching people yeah. right, without their consent while they're working. So part of what we want to think about is like, what's the environment, right? And so you were naming, it's a workplace. Yeah. Also, like there's <laughs> other safety things of like, you should have helmet, like you shouldn't, that like people are doing their jobs that like might also in- involve their arms, uh, right? Yeah. Like they're not just like sitting at a desk. So yeah, it's like there's the like not reading the room part. And then there's also the like consent around touch part. One of the things we want to think about is the relationship, right? So yeah. what I heard you say was some people were like cool with it and others weren't. And sometimes you're going to know that because you talk to them, but sometimes you can see it in body language. But we also want to, yeah, like, oh, I didn't like that, um, right? Like <laughs> you can see it or some people are going to like, oh, just like relax back into it and like have a big smile on their face, right? Yeah. Those are really different reactions that you can actually see from a distance. But the relationship matters too. like a coworker is different than a friend. And you might be both, right? Like that is yeah. true that you have tour friends, but not everyone on tour is friends. Like that is not like, it's just not gonna, I haven't, I mean, occasionally if you started friends, you all are, but for the yeah. most part, there's going to be like a couple of people who you're like, oh yeah, we like hang and the rest are your coworkers and that's okay. Yeah. Um, so the relationship matters, the environment matters, right? So it's a workplace where coworkers, maybe some of them are friends, but definitely not all of them. And so we want to like, in that gut check of like, oh, this something feels off, right? So all of those things are like, all right, maybe we should pay attention to this, right? Like maybe there's something going on here. Yeah. And then the next step is the like, what do you do? <laughs> um, yeah. And so... You just start throwing fists. You just, just start just protecting people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so we have, and again, take the whole training, but there's like strategies that we call mm-hmm. like the D's of intervention. And so you, you could sort of think about like, do I want to directly address this? Do I want to go up and say like, hey, don't do that. Not cool. Do I want to disrupt it by creating a distraction, right? Do I want to yeah. just go over and be like, hey, like Sandy, I, that's the yeah. first thing that came to mind. Like, we need you over here. Can you like help me carry these things and just pull yeah. her away? Uh, especially because it's one person going around to a bunch of people. You sort of, it's hard to just like pull one person away because she'll just go to the next one. So yeah. you sort of have to distract her. We need towels. We need towels. Yeah, we need so many towels um, and we need them from over there, please. Um, But you're not directly addressing it, but you stopped it, right? You're disrupting the thing that's going on. And then you could delegate to someone else. So if you were just like, oh, I don't know any of these people or I don't have a good relationship with Sandy, like I'm gonna go to our tour manager or our production manager and say like- Somebody higher up, basically. Someone higher up or someone who's just closer to Sandy. Like maybe there's another person who you've seen her connect with quite a bit to be like, hey, could you go- just like mention to her that like, maybe this isn't super appropriate for a workplace. Like, yeah. Um, I don't feel like I have the right relationship, but like you all are friends. Could don't want to embarrass like, her. You don't want to call her yeah. out in front of people. You want to like, like you said, you want to help people without feeling attacked. Cause you just want good people to do better. It's not like they're yeah. bad people. Yeah. 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 And so, and, and this is a place where like, sometimes we talk about like, what was the intention versus what was the impact? Like maybe yeah. Sandy wanted to be doing a nice thing. It doesn't really matter. Because mm-hmm. it's not a nice thing for a lot of people. Like the impact is that like people are uncomfortable. And so that needs to be addressed, even if she thought she was doing a nice thing. And so, yeah, you could de- delegate or th- the last thing you can do is sort of like, okay, maybe you weren't able to do it in the moment. Check in on those people after. And it sounds like you talked to them after, right? Like to say like, hey, was that okay? So you can sort of check in with the people who were being targeted, right? Afterwards yeah. to say like, hey, I saw that. That seemed a little weird. Are you good? And I think that like the way I actually didn't see it initially, I think the way mm-hmm. I learned about it was a sign in itself where somebody else brought it up casually and kind of vibe checked it. It was like, hey, so, you know, this person gave me this. Is, is that 
like what's going like you know they were kind of like feeling the ground too because it can feel like if everybody else is doing it and you're the only one that has an issue with it then maybe you're in the wrong even though you you know so i think yeah. that's how it kind of came about yeah and that um also that's actually kind of common that people yeah. will sort of bring it up okay. in a nonchalant way because yeah. they don't know if it was okay but it's clearly not sitting with them well and how we respond to that like of that sort of nonchalant like oh like you want to like, you know, not that you have to be like super dramatic, but in that moment to help like sort of reinforce for someone like, no, that wasn't okay, can be really validating because sometimes the reason people bring it up in this like casual way mm -hmm. is they're, te they're also testing the waters of like, is this a supportive place? Am yeah. I going to be able to ask for help point. here? Is someone going to have my back? And that's something where like, if someone's bringing something up, even if they're sort of casual about it, like do pay attention because it's really hard to talk about these things. It's really uncommon. It's really hard to say like, that made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, I didn't like someone doing that to me. Am I allowed to say that? Right? Like, mm -hmm. am I allowed to like, ask someone to stop? It's so against the normal culture. It makes people feel like you're like, being difficult or like making like, just, oh, just brush it off. She didn't mean it. That's so much of what is advised. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Man. Um, so it's great. It's great. I just want that, to run like, all my moment, situations by you. I'm like, all right. Yeah, you're like, hey, can we check this? <laughs> yeah, I'm just texting you. I'm like, yo, just tell me. Tell me the tell me the right way. That's you're great, though. Yeah. So, all right, all right. So we we're on a tour, and this was a situation of like we were the show's over. Um, yeah. We're near the buses. Um, like loadout is now complete, but it's not bus call yet. And so there's a security guard like on the gate near the bus. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think there might have been two security guards, but there was like a woman local and security. A man. Local security. Yep. Okay. Um, and so, you know, and people are just hanging there's whatever. It wasn't like a place that there were a lot of like bars to go to or anything. So people are just sort of hanging around this, this parking lot slash bus area. And one of the people on our crew, um, you know, sort of there, there was someone sitting in the jump seat of the bus. So they're visible to the security guard, but like not really around them. And we need you to find jump seat because not everybody's toured. It's the, the seat that sits next to the driver in the front cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. Not the driver bus. Now it's driver's seat. Not the driver. Yeah, yeah, no, it's perfect. Um, and so, and so this guy's like sitting there, I think he was like on the phone with his girlfriend or something. I don't know. Like he's not really aware of what's happening. Like he's just sitting yeah. out, just happens to be there. And someone who, you know, was out by the bus was just sort of being like, Oh, like, you know, to this, to this security guard was like, Oh, like, what do you think of my friend on the bus? Like he's cute. Right. Like, Oh, you know, whatever. And it became clear to the person who was sitting there, like that, they, that he was being pointed at. Mm -hmm. Um, and he started sort of like, I could see him start to sort of sink his chair a little bit. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, this guy sort of persisted. He's like, oh yeah. Like, do you want me to introduce you? Like, you know, do you want me to do yeah, this? Hook you up. Hook you up, you know, do whatever. And the, there was someone else from our crew who was just sort of like laughing along, right. Being like, haha, this is, this is funny. And you know, whatever they like, they just persisted. It probably was like three minutes, but for that woman probably felt like 30 minutes. So the person, just to clarify, the person in the jump seat was a woman. No, he was a, he was a dude. So it was like okay. a female security guard. There was okay, a guy. Gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. And so he was saying to this female security guard, like, gotcha. oh, my buddy, like, you know, do you want me to introduce you to him? Isn't he cute? Yeah. Like, isn't he, you know, isn't this fun? And he, whatever, he was bored, right? Like clearly this guy had nothing better to do than to like try and create some sort of like tease sexual everybody. context and tease everyone. <laughs> And brought two people who didn't really want to participate in this into it, 
one of which who like didn't even know what was happening, but like could tell yeah. it was uncomfortable, right? Like he, whatever pointing was happening and, and the body language of this woman was clearly uncomfortable enough for him without being able to hear it. He starts sinking down in a seat to like try and disappear. Well, he's on a private phone call. Like the reason he was yeah. sitting in the jump seat was Probably because his he was significant other to, like, or like his kids. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, so that was sort of like what was happening. And there was just, yeah, this one person who was trying to sort of make fun and like t- poke and tease it with two people who are working, right. Yeah. And, and doing this. And p- part of the reason I want to use this example is because what we know uh, sort of anecdotally from doing all these trainings and talking to folks in the industry, one of the most common like reports of harassment that we get is touring crew harassing local venue staff. Is that like a power thing? Like they're untouchable. These people have like their boss here. I don't even have like, it's like, I can, I can envision that so much. Yeah. I think sometimes it's a power thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a power thing for the, for the venue staff of being like, Oh, I can't do anything. Cause this is the tour. This is the yeah. client, right? Yeah. Like even if it's not the artist, it's still, it's the artist team. And I, they feel a little powerless. I've talked to some crew who've been like, Oh, I didn't know I was, I am that person. I, I hit on people yeah. who are working and some of what they say, right? Like, which was nice, right? Like that vulnerability to be like, yeah. Oh shoot. I didn't know. Um, was they were like, I didn't, I thought of us as one being on equal footing, like their crew, I'm crew, yeah. which is incorrect. Like yeah. you're not, you're not on equal footing. And the other piece of this was like, they were like, Oh, well, like, they get the industry and like, it's fun. And I can't go to a bar to hit on. Like, it's like, Oh, this, yeah. like, it's not my fault. It's not. Yeah. Like, right. Like who else am I supposed to hit on? And I'm yeah. like, no one, um, like you can in fact hit on no one. That is an option. I need to do this thing. This is my I favorite thing. It. I have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like, you know, we're sort of joking about it, but I, I also get it. Right. I get that yeah. you might be like out on the road for two, three months straight and feel like, Oh, I just want to have some fun and be able to like, hit on someone on a bar. And the reality is like, then go to a bar. So in this situation, right. So like the environment is like backstage. So it's all, you know, secured the sort of the relationship is local crew. Uh, Everyone's you know, and working a person versus like someone who's on the tour, both are working. It's also like, to be clear, it's like one in the morning in an alley. So even though the security guard, like, you know, that's, that's her job. She knows that it's an intimidating yeah. environment to be hit on is like, and she's working. She's not, she's this isn't working. even on her radar. Like she's probably like, Whoa, what's going on? What's going on. I'm supposed to be here. Like making sure you all are safe. And you're trying to like make me flirt not, with this not, dude not who also isn't into it. Right. Like there's yeah. so many pieces of that, that were uncomfortable, but the core of it was like this crew dude was not seeing her as a security guard. He was seeing her as like a sexual object to like hook his friend up with. And that sucks. Like, you need to see the people you're working with for their profession yeah, and for what they're doing. And when you don't, it feels really bad, right? Like it feels crappy to be like hit on first when you're just trying to do your job because it shows you that they're not thinking of you as their peer or they're, they're the person who's keeping them safe. They're thinking of you as like part of some dating buffet or whatever. Yeah. And that sucks. That is a term I've never work. heard. I use it often. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine. Gross. <laughs> I can see how that would like apply. Like it's like you're another like dip your toe in kind of saying, but like yeah. it is such a it's a wild thing to imagine a dating. It buffet. is a dating buffet, and I th- the reason I use it is because I do think like sometimes people will think of their workplace right as and you're like this is for the picking, and I'm like yeah. no, it's not. It absolutely is not. They are all here to work. Like stop it. Um, and you're here to work also stop it. You know, like if you are looking to like hit on someone, like 
go, in fact, go to a bar. You, yeah. it's bus, like bus, you have an hour before bus call, go find a bar. Go do the thing in the place where it's supposed to happen. Where it yeah. happens, not here. And so that's the environment, that's the relationship. And in that situation, sort of what was interesting was like the person, the other crew person who was over there was sort of laughing along. And I checked in with that person afterwards because I was curious to be like, what do you think of that? Did you like yeah. that? And he was like, that was so uncomfortable. Right. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Even though he was why laughing. Do, yeah. And I was yeah. like, why do you laugh along? He's like, I didn't know what else to do. It was so uncomfortable. And I was like, great. Could you think about something else you could have done? Yeah. Because that sucked. Right. Like I was like, you were uncomfortable. Imagine how uncomfortable she was and how uncomfortable, like to be clear, I think the other person who was on our crew was just as uncomfortable. Like there were two people who were being targeted here um, of like, it was way more uncomfortable for them than it was yeah. for you who wasn't part of it. Like that was your chance to like do something. Yeah. All you would have to do, I guess, is be like, leave my friends alone and let the security guard do her job. Like, yep. like, like, I don't That's even it. know if it would take much more than that. Assuming nope. that the person who's what's it called? The perpetrator, the perpetrator. It sounds so extreme. The person, just, do, the aggressor. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't like hammered, which might be a thing because yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't in yeah. this case. So yeah. So yeah. Like you read that, right? Like I've just, you can, yeah. You can just be like, yeah, leave my friends alone. What are you doing? Yeah. She's, she's got a job to do. She's got Stop kids to feed. Her. Don't you have work to do to feed your own family? Like what? It's 1am my guy. It's 1am. Yeah. <laughs> Phone a friend. Are you yeah. so bored? Right. And yeah. like, sometimes like I don't always advocate for it. It depends on the relationship you have, but sometimes you can just like ridicule the person a little bit. Like don't like harass them. But there's sometimes like you can point out how ridiculous it is, right? To be like, right when you just it's one in the morning. Don't you have literally anything Real better cool. to do? Picking on like, the local staff doing? that has to be here. Like, come they on, have, man. Like, like this person does not want to talk to you. Yeah. Leave her alone. Like, I like this take. This is a good yeah. one for like the low level stuff. I'm so good at making yep. fun of people who are being embarrassing. Okay. Yeah. And it's like it's and I think one of the in things, a good way. It, yeah, no, no, it's real. And I think it, it helps that person save face a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is that sort of energy sometimes on the road of like this jokey thing. And like, if that's the, the tenor and like, for sure, right. Like this guy was trying to have fun to throw it right back a little bit to make it stop. You can then also check in on the people in a less joking way, right? Like you could do that and then go over and be like, Hey, I'm really sorry about that. Are you, are you good? Do you need anything? Yeah. Right. Like you can have different tones for different people and to show that security guard or to show the person who was sitting on the bus uncomfortably, like. I made a joke, but I'm actually taking this seriously. Are you good? Yeah. Well, like not trying to have a serious conversation with this person who clearly was bored. Yeah. And I, I like that you like said safe face for the person because oftentimes you'll be like, okay, that person's being well unacceptable. Like let's make them feel you're kind of making another victim. If you just make them feel like shit and then they'll lash out. Like, if you could give them like the out, if you can give them yeah. that moment to be like, I'm going to make fun of you. And if you say yes, they can make fun of me and leave like, we're good. But if you yeah. like push back, then I'm going to, you know, yeah, then we're going to have to like, we're do gonna a go. thing. Yeah. 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 Then we're going to have to have a situation and, and uh, you know, at one in the morning and it's yeah. Like, you're like, just like, just make it stop. Like, come on, let's move this along. Just and candy crush, CeeLo, uh, <laughs> I don't know, smoke a joint, like just do something. <laughs> Literally anything. Yeah. 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 When people are, when people are up, I will something be like, have you had any weed lately? Yeah. Like maybe you should try that. Maybe that would be good for you. You're, you're up here and we're down yeah. here. Like, let's go. Yeah, man. And not to mention, you have work tomorrow at like 7 a.m. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Go <laughs> oh, to man. That was a good example. Thanks for yeah. sharing it. I really like that one. It was like a very good level of like very. I think like the back massage thing, not super realistic, but at least we can all envision it happening. What you yeah. said was like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. All like the that time. is so such a perfect example. I like that you picked that one.
Well, cool. I mean, we did an hour somehow we very did. quickly. It was faster than an hour, but we did it. We nailed it. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking about the things you know best and I want to learn about. And I think other people maybe didn't even know they wanted to know, but now they know. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And and thanks for yeah coming into it with curiosity and and like a fun tone. I think that's the other part. We try to keep there a lightness to this, not to make light of sexual harassment, yeah. but to to remind us that it's like, this happens every day. So we need to get a little more comfortable with it because unfortunately this is all around us. And if we're terrified of it or take it as the most serious thing ever, that's like, you have to nail, get it so perfectly every time or you can't do it. Like you're just going to be paralyzed. And so it's okay to just like, yeah, find your voice on this and find some comfort with it and find your friends who are going to have your back when you step up Mm -hmm. because it is, it's everywhere. I did feel a little bit weird sometimes when I was like, mid laugh. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're talking about like bad things, but that is a good way to put it. Like you don't want to paralyze yourself. But at the same time, I was like, Oh, we can't like, like, Oh yeah. I listened to their podcast on uh, sexual violence and they were laughing the whole time. Real, real, like it just felt weird in my head, but you have a good take. Yeah. Well, cool. I mean, like, actually I have to, I have to submit you to this YouTuber. Like we got this shower shoes or no shower shoes. Like what's your vibe on tour? Like we asked everybody. Shower shoes. Shower shoes. Oh yeah. (laughs) I like it. Quick answer. It's, 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 I mean, maybe you'd be surprised, but like, I'm a no shower shoes. It's like pretty, uh, it's pretty all over the place. People are one way or the other. Wow. That makes me feel sad. I don't. (laughs) It makes your choice to wear shower shoes even more enforced. Yeah. I guess that's what, yeah. Maybe it's, it's, uh, it's validating me like that, that what you just said is why I wear shower shoes. Um, (laughs) I've heard some, I've actually, I've heard horror stories about people picking stuff up, not wearing shower shoes. So that is why I wear shower uh, shoes. Like fungus. It'll take one, one for me. And then I'll be like, it's my own yeah. fault. I'm never happening again. Now I'm responsible, yeah. but tell that I'm just playing the gambling game. I hey, guess you're living life on the edge. So just do it. COVID come at me. No. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we'll put all the links in the caption of where people can kind of seek further training or learn more about your cause. But is there anything you want to shout out? Like anything that you've got coming up, like promote away promotion time. Yes, we are releasing a handful of toolkits and they're all free. So we have one that's coming out for venues, one for festivals. And one for tours. Um, And it has things like, you know, codes of conduct samples and like signs you can put up around like your shows um, or like a bunch of different tools. Yeah, that are all free. Um, So we're releasing those in September vaguely. So follow us um, calling all pros on socials. No, we're not doing it on the (laughs) the beginning of I'm like, I'm until September 30th because I just say generically September. Um, But those are those are coming at you soon. And then our our training online that we've been talking about, um, you can also find, uh, you know, that's that'll be linked. But um, that's yeah, it's it's pretty fast. It's like 75 to 90 minutes. You can do it on your own time. um, And hopefully you'll learn a lot. Do you guys like look at our answers or is that just like a practice? Because I was like writing them in and I was like, I feel very exposed. I imagine somebody's reading this, but I don't know if like I've done books before where you just write it to retain it. Mm, it's a, like a combination of both. We don't look at them in a way where I'm like looking at like, what did Adam say? Yeah, but we nameless. will like in aggregate, look at them to see patterns and things, okay. but I'm not, um, the answers that we do look at, like we, we do ask people for like feedback. So we'll look at that yeah. more rigorously, but the rest, we look at it more like, Oh, are people like really missing this answer and should we like teach better on it we need a better Um, job yeah yeah so so we look at it for our own learning but no i am not scoring any of your test answers um i do come (laughs) from like a line of teachers and i've learned that i don't want to grade homework so i don't hey fair enough well thank you for teaching in such a 
a place that needs it and establishing such a great cause. And I'm very happy to have connected with you today. And I look forward to meeting you in real life at some point. Thanks. Hopefully. Yes, it will happen. And thanks for having me on.